chase your goals. Don't be scared. Well, it's okay to be scared. I say that. it's okay to be scared, but don't let that stop you from doing what you want to do with your life. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Weta L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect. How obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, Episode 72. Today, I have Ronnie Fields Jr., another triathlete. Ronnie is from Louisiana, so I guess I can call him a homeboy. I'm from Mississippi, and it's a close neighbor. He currently lives in Nashville, Tennessee, When he was growing up, he was very active, played football, basketball, baseball, ran track, also was on a swim team. He actually won state his senior year in football. After graduating from college, he attended Louisiana Tech University, majoring in construction engineering technology. He then became somewhat of a couch potato One day while sitting on his couch, he saw the Ironman World Championship in Kona. He said, I want to do that. He went and purchased a bike from Walmart, signed up for a sprint triathlon. And after that, he was hooked. He's been doing sprint, progressed to Olympic 7.3, and just completed his first Ironman triathlon. He's had much success in triathlons. He qualified for nationals. He claims that nationals was one of the worst races of his career. He barely made it through the swim. But that race motivated him to want to return and place higher in his age group. He commits to the sport of triathlons because it keeps him active and healthy. It gives him something to look forward to. His family has a terrible health history. I can relate. Cancer, heart attacks, diabetes. He's trying to break that cycle, and he loves the competition. Please welcome Ronnie to the show. Well, thanks for joining me today. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. All right. Let's start with uh, where are you from? So I'm from a small town named Haynesville, Louisiana, just about an hour and 15 minutes north of Shreveport. Right along the Arkansas border. Arkansas border. Okay. I'm from a small town in Mississippi, not too far from Louisiana. About like maybe like an hour from Hammond. Okay. Gotcha. I gotcha. So what sports did you play when you were growing up? Uh, growing up, my parents had me involved in everything. So I, uh, I'd say football, basketball, baseball, track. And I was also on the summer league swim team as well. So was it your parents that got you into swimming or was it something you wanted to do? Because I know a lot of African-Americans really don't know. A lot of them overall don't know how to swim. Yeah. So my parents pretty much got me involved with it. Uh, My brother was a lifeguard and he's the one who taught me how to swim. And then by the time I was third grade, 
that's when they put me on the summer league swim team. So did you swim all through high school? I did from third grade all the way through my senior year of high school. And what distances did you do or what events? Uh, so we only swam in a race. We only swam like a hundred yards. So I did the 50 free, the hundred free, and also the 50 butterfly. What was your favorite out of the butterfly and the free stroke? Uh, definitely the free. (laughs) (laughs) And out of all your sports, what was your favorite and why? Uh, so I would have to say my favorite is, um, football because Growing up in a small town, uh, that's pretty much all we knew. We used to always see the older guys playing football. We were a powerhouse in Louisiana. So all we wanted to do was just go to the dome like the big boys who was playing from elementary to junior high to high school. So that was our goal. And my senior year, we did it. Do you want a championship? We did. We did. We won state my senior year. Made it to the dome. Did you win the game? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, we won it 19 to 12. Okay, 19 to 12. Okay. So what position did you play? I played cornerback on defense and wingback on offense. Wingback is kind of a mix between, right, play offense and defense. Who's your favorite NFL team? The Saints? Uh, I don't know if I really have a favorite team. I usually follow certain players. When I was younger, it was Brett Favre, and then he retired, and then it was uh, Michael Vick, and then Vick retired, and then Cam Newton, and now Cam is up in the air. I don't know where he's going to be next, so I got to find somebody. I don't know who. (laughs) Plenty of people to choose from, though. I live in Chicago. Everybody hates the Packers, but I'm from Mississippi, so, you know, he's like homeboy, and I love Michael Vick. I love Michael Vick. (laughs) (laughs) Because I am an Eagles fan, too. Okay, cool. <laughs> when did you start doing triathlons, and what made you start? Because it's not like a common sport for most people. I started triathlons in 2015, I believe. After college, uh, I was just, I wasn't working out anymore, and uh, I needed something to do. I needed to stay competitive in something. And I was sitting on the couch one day and uh, saw the Ironman Kona triathlon. It was on TV. And I was like, I can do that. But um, little did I know it was harder than what it looked to be. Way harder. So you went from couch to a sprint triathlon, basically? Right, right. I saw that Ironman Kona and uh, signed up for a sprint, local sprint that was in the area. I was living in Spartanburg, South Carolina at the area at the time, I mean. And, um, yep, signed Mm -hmm. up, went and bought a cheap bike from Walmart. That following week, I was uh, signed up and ready to go. Following week? Right. <laughs> yep. So you week. didn't do any pack training. You just kind of went on. I can, I know how to swim. I can run. And I know how to ride a bike. Yep. That's exactly what I said. I can do this. And I did it. <laughs> Been at it ever since. So how was that first race? Uh, the first race was uh, super hard. I didn't really train for it. The swim was probably the hardest 400-meter swim of my life. And why? It was in a pool, and it was because I just hadn't been swimming. Okay. Yeah, it felt like I had, I mean, I don't know, my body was just so tight and tense after that swim. And then um, mm-hmm. 
the bike, like I said, I bought a cheap bike from Walmart. So um, on the bike, they write the people's age on the back of their calf. And it was 60-year-old women just passing me up like I was just sitting still. And I'm pedaling hard, trying to keep up. But nah, I couldn't keep up with them. <laughs> made it through. And then uh, the run, it was a 5K run, and I made it through the run. So I completed it, but it was tougher than it looked on TV, for sure. Definitely. It was a humbling experience. It was. It was humbling. And then it made me want to stick with it and get better because I don't like losing. I don't. That's, I, I like to win. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to let these 60 year old women <laughs> just pass me up like that and not get better and <laughs> try to come back and get them. So how did you progress from sprint to doing Ironman? Oh, man. Uh, so. When I first jumped in this sport, I never thought that was never in my uh, dreams of doing Ironman. But um, I don't. Once I had done the seventy point three, I kind of just had to do the Ironman because that was the only distance I had done. I just completed my first Ironman a couple weeks ago, Ironman Tulsa. I'm still saying that's my first and only right now, though. I don't believe it. it Seems too competitive. <laughs> So just for my um a 70.3, as far as the distance, the swim is 1.2 miles. The bike is um, 56 miles, and the run is 13.1. And the full distance is twice as much, 2.4 swim, 112 bike, and the run is a marathon, which is 26.2 miles in a day in a certain time frame. You can't just be out there lollygagging. So. All right, all right. What is the most challenging aspect of racing for you? After you, like, you, your first when you weren't really trained, but you've been training. Um, like, what is the most challenging part of the, the day? I would have to say it is the bike and the run right now because um, the bike is definitely the longest part of the course. And the run, I'm just, I mean, I was a sprinter back in high school. So, I mean, the most I ever sprinted was 400 meters. So to come out and do a, a 5k, even, yeah, even just a 5k, that's not what I'm used to doing. So I guess got to train my body to be able to handle the load. So the bike and to swim didn't really bother you at all. Do you not get any swim anxiety since you've been swimming all your life? Like the people, the open water, I know it's different for swimming in a pool. Uh, so my first open water swim, it was rough. Because it was the first time I, I didn't realize that you wouldn't be able to see. And it was hard to sight. And then the distance, I had never swum that distance before. Like I say, growing up, the most we had ever swum was 100 yards in the race. And then my first open water swim was an Olympic distance triathlon. And um, it was what, 1,500 meters, <laughs> right? First open water swim. <laughs> and uh, barely made it through. I was cramping. It was it was hard. I was cramping. I barely made it out the water, but I made it. I made it. Wow. See, you weren't freaked out because, the, the, of course, the pool is way different from open water. Just the first, you can't see. You don't have the lines in the pool. You can, right. When you do a lap, you kind of break in between laps unless you flip turn, which I don't know how to do. Um, and then all the people. It depends on the race. With some sprints, it's not that many people, so you kind of spread out. But some, right. it's like people kicking you and, and, and swimming over you and 
that can be intimidating. Me, I just learned how to swim in 2017, so people around me freaked me out. Yeah, so that's how it was for me. My first open water. Say, so then you got a sight. You can't just be out there swimming. You'd be way off course. <laughs> right. Yep. 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 My, my first open water swim was at nationals in Omaha. Doing that was a. Uh, it was humbling, very humbling. But it, like I say, that race also made me want to get better and come back even stronger. So when did you upgrade from your, is it Walmart bike to uh, <laughs> more, you know, road bike or tri bike? You know? uh, it was a couple of years later. It's about two years later. Because like I say, I took that time off in between from a, on that Walmart bike, probably doing 14, 15 miles an hour. And then the first bike that I had, I jumped up to 17, 18 miles an hour just that fast. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What is your most memorable race? Is it the um, full distance Ironman or another race? And for, for what reason? Most memorable? Um, hmm. So there's three. There's that my first Olympic distance, and then there's the 70.3, and then there's the uh, full Ironman. The first Olympic distance, because like I said, I barely made it through the swim, but I kept going. And I finished that race. My first 70.3 because I barely made it through the run. I got a video of me just basically scooting across the finish line. I wasn't even, it wasn't even a jog. I don't know what that was. It was, it was a slow, 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 slow jog. Well, you would just, just feel like you ran out of gas or what? Uh, I was hurting in my lungs, like behind my ribs was every, all of that was hurting. And it was even hurting a month after that race. But I didn't know anything about nutrition or like I didn't I mean, I kind of did it without eating anything during the race. And all I had was Gatorade. But once I learned about nutrition, you ate nothing doing a 7.3. Right. right. I didn't eat anything. I didn't oh know. I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I just jump in this jump in these races and think I can do them. But I'm learning <laughs> on the Ironman. It just it felt so good to cross the finish line that. um Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't confident in my uh, in my abilities on whether I would finish it or not. So to actually finish it and cross the finish line was amazing. I bet it was to hear Mike Riley say, "You are an Ironman running. Right. <laughs> you are right, an right. <laughs> Definitely. So how did you progress? You say your first race, you went from basically couch to sprint track line, and you progressed to Ironman. How did you learn about nutrition? Train? Did you train yourself? You have a coach? You use a book or anything? How do you? How did you progress as far as your training? Uh, so I did hire a coach, but um, in addition to the coach, I went to a lot of camps. There's um, some amazing camps out here. I've attended the C26 camp. I've attended. There's a group out here in Nashville called the Working Triathlete. They put on a nice camp, and then also the mm-hmm. USAT Foundation. They put on a few nice camps and I've attended, I believe, three of those. And they're all Mm -hmm. very informative. And that's where I learned about nutrition and all of the things that you need to do while you're on the bike and during the run to stay afloat. Okay. So how did you find out about the camps? You just um, word of mouth, friends or? Google. Google. I just get on 
Google and type in triathlon camp. Yep. And, and they come up. Okay. So you just signed up for a camp. I remember I, I met you at the um, C26 camp in Texas. Right. Which right. that was the first camp that I had gone to. And I just found out about it because I listened to their podcast. Gotcha. How did you find a coach? You initially, I'm sure you trained yourself. How did you, what made you decide, like, I need some guidance from a professional to kind of help me with this sport? When I was living in Indiana, the master's team that I was swimming with, they kept telling me about the coach there. And the coach actually swam with us. And she qualified for Kona. So I was thinking that um, she must know what she's talking about for her to be able to qualify for Kona. And I gave her a shot. And she was a really good coach. And then I moved from Indiana. And when I moved, I just wanted a kind of a, a local coach that was in the area. And then moved to Tennessee. And that's when I uh, I got with the C26 coaches. And I've been with them. You prefer a local coach? I know a lot of people. We may have a coach in another area and do a lot of virtual training and, and things like that. You prefer somebody like local. Right. Yeah. I prefer somebody local. That makes sense. I think that's, that's plus or minuses as far as coach. I think I, I see coaching kind of like dating sometimes, which is a whole nother story. It's like it's, it's hard to find that right person for you. But just because a coach may be good, they might not be the right fit for you and your lifestyle what you want to accomplish. And I know a lot of people have had different guests. Like they had a coach like when they started out, but when they wanted to progress to be more competitive in their age group and mm -hmm. kind of podium, they switched coach to kind of get them there. Right, right, right. So do you have people you train with or do you do a lot of solo training? Do you have like a little tribe or people that you train with in Nashville? Um, so most of my training is done alone, especially on the bike and the run, but the swim, I do swim with a master's group. And I would encourage anybody out there, instead of swimming alone, find you a master's group to swim with because that's when my swim really improved. So did you just find your master's group on Google? Because I find some people would say, yay, the master swim. Some people don't like it because they focus more on not really specific to triathlon swimming. Like they want to do all the strokes and they really don't prepare you for open water is good because you go on all the time and they swim fast. So you, you have right. to pick up a little bit, but it's not really, some master classes aren't really geared toward triathlon swimming. Right. So yeah, I've been fortunate enough to have a master's group at um contain triathletes and um, yeah, they do all the strokes, but they give you the option of not doing all the strokes. They give you the option of just doing freestyle or whatever, you know, whatever stroke you want to do. Okay. You don't have to do the same workout that, that they do. So have you ever had like a like a swim analysis? Have you done specific like one-on-one -on -one with your coach or with a, like a swim, like with a video analyze you and things like that or not really? Yes, I had that uh, with my coach up in uh, Indiana. She was a college swimmer, actually. So it did. It helped me a lot. It, um, just seeing yourself on video and seeing exactly what you're doing. Now you know what to change because they try to tell you what you look like, but you can't really visualize it until you actually see yourself doing it. <laughs> I think I'm doing it. And you see a video, you're like, mm, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's weird in a race, like when we went to the camp and we all jumped in that cold water 
I wasn't thinking about no technique. I wasn't thinking about nothing. I was just like, I can't breathe. It's so cold. I'm trying to get out of here. <laughs> it was right, like survival right. of the fittest. Any kind of technique, like, what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> so that was probably, that camp was probably one of the, oh, man, the worst swims. As soon as I jumped in that water, I almost said, forget this. But I, I mean, I like in in a way, because in races, if it's not a calm race, I got kicked in the head, but it was toward the end. But that whole race was just bad. I was just ready to be done. So if you have a bad experience, it kind of throws you off and it can kind of mess up the rest of your day, too. Because I like a lot of triathletes be like, the race doesn't really start, like the fun part, until they get out the water, which that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> so, but a swim can mess up your day. I mean, you know, it's a bad swim. Yeah, definitely. In season five, we will continue the segment as the dog. If you have any questions related to musculoskeletal health, please email me, send me a message via social media, or click on my website and leave an audio message. Select messages will be answered on the segment. So what's on your bucket list? Oh, bucket list. Uh, Man, so I don't know if I have... So I would have to say go back to nationals and win it mm-hmm. because the last time I went or the first and only time that I did go was that one that we talked about earlier where I almost didn't make it out of the water in the swim because that was my first open water swim. Mm-hmm. I finished out of all of the finishers in my age group. I finished last. So that was like motivation to just keep going and get better. And one of these days, I'm going to go back to nationals and I'm going to win my age group. And nationals is um, Olympic distance? Uh, they have sprint and Olympic. Okay. So you want to compete in both? You want to win in both or it doesn't matter? Just uh, I want to win in the sprint for sure. And then if I can win the Olympic, that would be great. But the sprint for sure. Because that's going to be my focus for the next probably three or four years. Just sprints. I want to be able – I want to master the sprint. I have friends in different categories. I have friends who did – like one and done. And it's like they did it at people you know how a lot of people have lifts of goals. Like I'm gonna do an Ironman and that's like a check and then they go on to their next goals. And I have friends who maybe done a few seven point three in a shorter distance race. And I have friends who's trying to qualify for Kona and some trying to do the twelve and go that way. Where do you see yourself in that range? Is it the master your age group in a shorter distance? Uh, or ultimately, I know you say you don't do another Ironman, but 7.3 <laughs> maybe? or uh, Yeah, so for me, it's short distance sprints and Olympics. The 70.3s and the, and the Ironmans, especially the Ironman, it, it's just so hard on the body. Those five-hour rides on the weekends and then those three-hour runs, I, I just, ah, I, it takes up so much time. And the training to me is actually harder than the race it's just so much training and then it's just so hard on the body as well yeah training for a full distance is a lot with the saturday and i mean it's just i don't know it's like another job i enjoy it somewhat because i like the people i work out with because i do i swim with people like twice a week then i have a coach that i swim with him once a week and I swim with a tri-group on Sunday. And then open water, we have one or two sessions when it's warm in Chicago. 
So it starts in June. It's still cold, the water. And then I bike with people. I run by myself, but it does take a lot. But I enjoy it, but it's weird. It's the year I trained. It's like I didn't have a life. <laughs> I can't stay out late and get up, run 20 miles or something crazy like that, or ride 80 miles. I need right. sleep. <laughs> I like it. I like what my body, when I'm training, I like the way my body feels. But I like to have a life because some people just all they do is work and train. And if they have a family, right. time with so your focus is going to be on mastering the shorter distance. What about 70.3s? Nah, no 70.3s. I just, I don't like being on a bike for that long. And then I don't like a long run either. You don't? Okay. Do you do any other sports now? No, just triathlons right now. Any other bucket list as far as running or ultras or anything like that? No, 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 no ma'am. <laughs> so when is the next race? You said you did one today, right? Right. I did one this morning. Uh, I did okay. I got fifth in my age group. Um, and then I took three minutes off my time at this race that from last year. Okay. Do you mind if I ask what your age is? I will be 30 on June 22nd. Oh, happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you. So you're one of the younger, youngest I know, because most people I hang out with or train with are at least the 40s and 50s. That's a few people I train with there in their 60s. Do you have a lot of friends that are your age? Nope, not at all. None of my friends are really. I meet people that I swim with, but as far as like any close friends or anything, nah. Do your friends your age think you're crazy? <laughs> yeah, they, everybody thinks I'm crazy from my friends. My parents actually tried to pay me to not do Iron Man Tulsa. Really? Why? So they were at my struggle races, which was that first Olympic distance and then mm-hmm. 70.3. And they saw me barely finish those. So they were like, uh, I don't think you should do this one. So how much? It was my entry fee. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> wow. I told them, I, I told them it was like non-refundable. What did they say after you finished? They were happy. They were happy. They were in attendance and, uh, they were happy. My mama, she was almost in tears. <laughs> Did she say, well, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad you decided to do it. She, <laughs> she said, cause I told her, I was like, well, that's it. That's my first and last one. And, and she was happy to hear that. Oh, see, I still don't believe you, but hmm, hmm, I think you want to. <laughs> do you think, um, <laughs> something that people can do to make triathlons more appealing to Younger people, particularly younger um, African-Americans, people of color. I would say if there was a way to make it cheaper, that would be one thing. It, it is expensive to to get in. But, I mean, once you're in, you're in. But it is expensive initially to, to jump into it and then introduce it to them at a younger age. Uh, I didn't know anything about triathlons until after college mm-hmm. that day I was sitting on the couch watching TV. So if I would have known about it at a younger age, I probably mm-hmm. would, you know, would have been interested in it. But I just mm-hmm. didn't know anything about it. That's true. I didn't know about triathlons until probably after college. So I've been I've been running since 2010, and then I always wanted to do a triathlon, just like one of them bucket list kind of thing. But I couldn't swim. 
And that's a lot of people, mm-hmm. they can't swim, but they don't want to swim. But like women, because of the hair is one thing. And a lot of people are afraid to drown for some traumatic experience or they just, water is scary. Like if you're on a bike, I mean, it's people, most people know how to ride a bike. They may not know how to ride a bike like you need to to be competitive, but people know how to ride a bike for the most part. People can run. And if you can't run, you can walk, but if you can't swim, you know, you can drive. <laughs> so it's, it's that, that fear factor. And then like, I remember I did right, my first right. run. I was like, I can bike and I can run. It can't be that hard, but you put them together. It makes it, it just makes it a whole nother level. <laughs> <laughs> right. Definitely. <laughs> Part of my podcast is to have guests who have overcome obstacles to make it to their finish line. Can you tell me about the obstacle you had, whether it's trial off the line related or just in general that you had to overcome and how you did it? During one of my trainings, my parents, they weren't training with me, but they were I guess you can't say they were training with me because they were, um, they were like my sag. Yep. And then I ended up getting bit by a dog on that, on that training session. Uh, so dogs were loose while I was running. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, luckily they were behind me and I had to go get a, a tetanus shot. And, um, yeah, and all of that. That was one experience. It was a little mutt, some kind of little mixed dog that some people had around the town. Yeah, that was, that was, I've never been bit by a dog. They always scare me, even when we biking and, and stuff. And some people have like, I have a taser, but I only read taser when I run late at night or early in the morning. And I'm scared to use it if I had to ever use it. And people use pepper spray and stuff for dogs. Gotcha. But I don't like having it because usually it gets a little good on my hand and then I wipe my face and it'll mess with me versus me trying to use it on somebody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. So after you had that bit by the dog, well, you just had to get tennis. I was a small bike. Um, right. It was, it was a small bike. It was a small bike. But I guess during races, some of the challenges was not knowing if I can actually complete them. But what got me through it was having people there to support me. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I got people here supporting me. I don't want to not finish. And they drove all this way from Louisiana to come see me do this race. Mm-hmm. Having support, I'd say support your people, support your family, support your friends, because it matters. It does. If adult Ronnie could go back and talk to a younger version of yourself, what advice would you give yourself? Go harder. Go harder. Do more. Because uh, I am, growing up, I've always been undersized. I'm short. So I'm only 5'5". And... um being five five, being shorter, you gotta do more than you know somebody who just has it. I, I would tell the younger Ronnie to do more, give it more, um, and always be ready, stay ready, stay ready. So you have to get ready, right? Exactly, exactly. Any last minute words of advice for my listeners? Um, <clears throat> I would say chase your goals. Don't be scared. Well, it's okay to be scared. I say that it's okay to be scared, but don't let that stop you from doing what you want to do with your life because you only get one of these. And when you really realize that, then you can go for it. And that's the mentality that I live by is to just go for it. Just do it. And if you don't succeed that first time, you can always try it again. But you can't live again. You, you only get this one, so you got to go for it. 
That's true. Well, thanks again for joining me. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. That wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, please email runitischeaperthantherapyolbomahalovebrown. Again, that's runitischeaperthantherapyolbomahalovebrown at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love. Oh, you are life. Oh, you are love. Thank you, and please tune in again.